This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're listening to the Happy as a Mother podcast. Today, I am so excited to welcome back my dear friend, Dr. Cassidy Freitas to the show. Dr. Cassidy is a mom of three, a licensed marriage and family therapist who lives in California, and she specializes in working with individuals and parents adjusting to parenthood in the peripartum stage. Today, Dr. Cassidy is here to teach us about personal values. As you'll learn in this interview, our values are such a foundational part of our compass and guide to our decision-making in life. They are so key, especially as we navigate parenthood and motherhood. So today, Dr. Cassidy is going to help us better understand what personal and or parenting values are, why they're so important, are they different from morals and beliefs, or are they the same? And how do you uncover them if you're unsure what they are? This is such an important foundational episode, and I encourage you to come back to this and listen to it a couple times, carve out some space to really identify what your values are so that you know your true north in motherhood and parenting. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Dr. Cassidy. Dr. Asherina Reem, Psyched Mommy and I have helped thousands of parents get to the root of their anger so they can parent how they envision. With our expertise as therapists, and our experience as parents, we've put together the only resource you'll need to parent more calmly. Our course, All the Rage, Raising Kids with Less Anger and More Connection, covers everything you need to know about how to keep calm as a parent in the most difficult situations. When we say everything, we mean everything. From understanding what makes you prone to anger, how anger shows up in your body, how your thoughts influence your anger, ways to stop the outbursts before they happen, as well as what to do in the most triggering moments. Since we know you're human, we share several skills and scripts to help you repair when you inevitably lose your cool to ensure there isn't lasting damage to your relationships. As moms ourselves, we know how busy life can get. That is why we created this course in small, bite-sized video lessons that are practical and easy to apply. As a bonus, we've included a complimentary workbook to guide you through the lessons. This course was created for all parents and caregivers that find themselves losing their cool more often than they would like. Your child's age doesn't matter. The skills learned in this course are applicable across all ages and stages. If you hit another challenging stage along your child's growth and development, you don't have to worry. You have unlimited access to the course and you can revisit the lessons at any time. We know you're not an angry person. You're a person who needs more skills and support. We can't keep using the same ineffective patterns and expect different results, but together we can break generational cycles. Come and join us. Head to happyasamother.co slash momrage. That's happyasamother.co slash momrage. Welcome to the Happy as a Mother podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you cope with the load of motherhood. I'm your host and registered psychotherapist, Erica Jossa. Let's work together in letting go of shame and guilt, accepting where we are in our journey, and moving towards becoming the women we want to be. We will hear from experts, learn practical tips, and listen in on honest conversations. Please note that the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not replace the advice of your healthcare provider. Okay, let's dive in. Dr. Cassidy, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us again. I'm so excited for you to be here, be back. We did an intrusive thoughts episode together before. And like I kind of selfishly scheduled this in for me just so I could like hang out with you because I miss you, friend. So thank you for being here with us. Oh, I miss you too. I cannot wait till the day, Erica, where 
we see each other from across the airport way or wherever it is that we first <laughs> meet up. And I just picture us, we're going to slow run towards each other. And then I don't know who's going to like jump and who's going to pick up and hold, but like one of us is going to twirl the other around. Like I can totally <laughs> see it happening. I really can. And I know that we were going to, I was going to be on the West Coast like right before COVID shut the world down. Mm-hmm. And so I know that we haven't been doing much traveling, but like when we can and we can get our group together, it'll be something really special. Until then, I'm so excited to be here back on your podcast and to dive into our topic today. I can't wait. Yeah. For those who don't know you, you are a licensed marriage and family therapist. You have your own private practice where you work primarily with moms in the postpartum period. You've got your own holding space podcast, doing lots of really valuable things in this same space, your Instagram page, all the things. And today I was really excited to have a conversation about values with you because this is something that comes up in your work a lot of the time. It comes up in my work a lot. And I've just never really heard this conversation had on a podcast before. I don't feel like I'm sure, you know, you don't need to prove and quote me and send all the things (laughs) for those of you listening who may have come across it. But in my sort of adventures, it's not something that gets talked about broadly. So I am really excited for this. Me too. And I really think what we're doing here, Erica, is we're kind of like coming back to something so foundational. It's like coming back to the basics, which a lot of times can be a lot more valuable, (laughs) speaking of values, than we might even initially think about. You know, when I think about values, I do think about them as a foundation to so many different things. And we'll, we'll dive into all the different ways in which they can be integrated into our lives and impact our lives. But, you know, let's say you're building a house. Like if you go in and you're super excited to dive in and start making all these changes to the house that you recently got into, but you don't check that the foundation is strong. And if there's cracks in the foundation, then you're going to have a lot of things to maybe grapple with later on down the line. So I really see this conversation around values as being foundational to so much other stuff, to navigating things like mom guilt or, you know, navigating challenges in your partner relationship Yes, or identity or, you know, difficult moments when your toddler's having a tantrum. Like values are core. Yes. So I'm really glad that we're diving into this. I really picture values as being our compass and our guide, right? And I actually have a motherhood roadmap journal, which is like a guided prompt journal to ask the questions to get you to reflect on what your personal and parenting values are. Because like you said, without it, we feel lost. Life feels chaotic Without a clear understanding of our own personal values, we kind of become this chameleon-type person that adopts the values of others around us and the expectations of others around us because we don't really know with some certainty and clarity what our own values are, right? Absolutely. And you know, a lot of times in my work with clients, when we start to have this conversation around values, folks will respond with yeah, I've got values. Like, you know, like there's like this sort of like understanding of this word of values and like I have those. But then when we start to actually dive into more the nitty gritty of it, like really beginning to hone in on this compass, like become more intimate with understanding your this internal compass and that's going to support so many things in your life and this really foundational piece, people are like, well, wait a second what are values exactly? Like, how would you define them? And what are my values? Yeah. And so maybe we could start there, Erica, um, with some like definitions and understanding what values are and what they aren't. Does that sound like a good place to start? I think it's a great idea. Cause like you said, people are like, yeah, I have values. It's kind of like equated with our morals. Like, of course, I believe that I am a good person and I believe in doing the right thing. And it's like, they often get equated to morals or maybe like religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs. I would say they're not that. They're something different, right? Yeah, yeah. So the way that I understand values is values are those things that live in 
and this is going to sound vague and I promise I'm going to make it more tangible, but they're the things that live in like the deepest parts of our hearts. It's the things that matter to us most. But then we have to take those things and begin to unpack them, define them, really understand the ingredients of it. So let me let me share an example. Let's say I'm talking to a client or anyone, any human. I'm like, you know, we're talking about values and they might say, well, I really value family. Yeah. Like family is a beautiful area in your life to explore what you value when it comes to those relationships, when it comes to what guides your decisions when it comes to family, what you want to prioritize when it comes to family. So family might be an area to explore, but when it comes to a value, we might be looking at something like, hmm, I, when it comes to family, I really value presence. And that's a beautiful value. And then you want to take it even deeper. So if I value presence and you value presence, Erica, how we define that, right? Like how we actually know that we are living in alignment with that, that we are experiencing Mm. it as a true guide in how we're navigating relationships might be very different, you know? And so one of the beautiful things about values, but also sometimes a tricky part of values is that they are uniquely ours. Yeah. So often when we are exploring values for ourselves. We might find ourselves coming up with the word, well, I I think or I should, I should feel this way, or my family really valued this X, Y, or Z thing. And a lot of times, yes, our families can inform our values or some of the things that we've learned can inform our values, belief systems, whatever it might be. But I think it's really important to pause and ask ourselves truly, if nobody else was watching, would this thing still be important to me? Mm. That's a really important question. Like it's not about getting the feedback from the community around you or having it be observed and someone being like, oh, that's a good mom because she's doing this thing, right? Like she's living in alignment with this value. But if no one else was watching, would this matter to you? And so Again, if I had to define it, it's the things that matter in the deepest parts of your heart, your soul, however you want to look at it. But we got to get really tangible with these things. And so we look at these different areas of our life potentially. What are my values around work? What are my values around family? What are my values around pleasure? What are my values around friendship? And then we want to begin to explore what some of these more specific values might be and how we would define them for ourselves and see if we need to unhook ourselves from any discourses or messages that we may have received that don't actually align with what matters to us most if no one else was watching us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and as you're describing it, it makes me wonder where these values come from, like how they're shaped and how they form. I have had interesting conversations about, you know, living out our trauma in the present by saying things like, I will never parent this way because of this. And so this like value that we've adopted is almost still linked to like our pain, you know? So I'm curious your thoughts on what shapes these values. Okay. I love this question. And the way that I'm going to answer it is going to be actually looking at how we can connect with our emotions as an ally in the discovery of our values. And let me unpack that and explain what I mean. So you mentioned trauma and pain, and I'm going to get there, but let's actually start with joy. So when I'm talking to someone about values and we're doing values work and we're getting real clear on their values and defining values, there's a couple different ways that we can begin to explore and do this work. And one of the ways is actually using our emotions as an ally. And so for instance, I might ask them to reflect on a recent experience where they felt joy. And I want to get like super clear on this joyful moment. Like I want to be there with them. Like what was happening who was around? What were you experiencing? Where did you feel this in your body? What was the sensory experience of this moment? I really want to bring it to life. 
And then we'll explore in this moment, you are experiencing joy and joy can be an ally in the discovery of our values because oftentimes when we really feel connected to joy, something is happening that is in alignment with something that we value. The example I gave earlier, maybe it's presence, maybe it is creativity, Mm. maybe it's freedom or flexibility, maybe it's organization, you know, um, or teamwork or respect or humor. And so joy can be a, a really, really beautiful ally in the discovery of our values. So it's like kind of going back to those like really feel good moments that give you all the like warm fuzzies inside. And pain can also be an ally in the discovery of our values. And and here's how. If we reflect on memories, experiences where pain existed, where we were experiencing maybe sadness, Um, sadness is one of those emotions that we might experience when something that we really value has been lost or guilt. Maybe there's a memory that we think about and we feel a lot of guilt. Guilt is actually one of the like more important emotions that I find when it comes to exploring our values because a lot of times guilt is there to pop up and say, I don't think that we were acting in alignment with our values here. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that guilt creeps in, slips into shame, which is never, never helpful and not fun. And sometimes guilt gets it wrong, right? Like that part of us might whisper, hmm, this feels out of alignment with our values, or this is, I feel guilty about this. I'm doing something wrong. When maybe truthfully, that's a moment where more of those like motherhood messages about what makes, what is a quote unquote good mom are creeping in and hooking us. And so guilt doesn't always get it right, but guilt, sadness, fear, anger, these are emotions that we can actually turn towards and ask ourselves in this memory or experience where these more painful emotions were showing up potentially they were there because there was something happening that did not feel in alignment, that was not in alignment with our values. So if we come to some traumatic experience or trauma we experience as a child or in our families, family of origin or in our home growing up, and maybe in motherhood now as a mother, I'm saying to myself, I will never do X, Y, or Z. Potentially, there are painful emotions around things that you experienced, and those emotions can be an ally in the discovery of what actually is important to you and is a value that you might want to use as a guide or a compass in your journey as a mother, in your role as a mother. But there's something tricky here that can happen sometimes with values, which I think can sometimes happen when they're, especially around trauma, is sometimes we can all of a sudden have more these like rigid ideas, right? Or almost like commandments of what we should do or should not be doing, right? Like a vow is like how I think about it. Like this commitment, this vow to never do this certain thing. And you know what? That can sometimes lead to experiences of like perfectionism, like feeling like I need to do this. I need to do this mom thing perfectly, right? Like I need to respond perfectly to my children in these moments, or I, I never will do X, Y, or Z. When like the truth is, is that you're human. So yeah. we can experience these painful emotions and they might inform what we value and what is important to us. But values are never meant to be rigid vows or commandments. They actually are intended to be held gently and flexibly and lightly because a lot of times things have to shift and priorities shift And also, it's never going to be perfect, right? Perfectionism is really just a little protector part that comes in and says, well, maybe if I just do this perfectly, then I'll be safe. And if this is stemming from any sort of trauma, for instance, there's probably a lot of fear and stuff in there, anxiety, that then perfectionism says, well, in order to keep ourselves safe, we need to do this perfectly. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to unfortunately be a doorway into guilt because it's never going to be attainable or shame, feeling like there's something wrong with you or depression or more anxiety. And so to kind of sum up this little piece here we're talking about, pain can be an ally in the discovery of your values. So we want to connect with these emotions to explore what are some times in which I felt pain and what was happening there that wasn't in alignment with something that's actually really important to me. 
And how can I begin to translate that into understanding what my values are as a human being or as a mother or as a parent? But we need to hold these values gently and observe them gently because we got to be gentle with ourselves. It's never going to be perfect. And oftentimes, two values that actually matter a lot to you need to actually be prioritized up against each other. And that's something that I think is a really important part of being a parent as well. You know, there are times when I know for myself, when it comes to like my work, I value learning and I value growth. And I also value presence with my children. Mm -hmm. And if these two things are like equally important with each other all the time, and they're almost like rigid commandments, I'm going to find myself feeling like I'm failing a lot because Mm -hmm. a lot of times I have to make choices with my values in mind, with that compass in mind. But if I want to, for instance, when I pursued my PhD, my oldest was one And there were going to be days where I was going to wake up and leave before she even woke up and get home as she was going to bed. And as someone who values presence, oh, that Mm. that was like it's rubbing up against that value of mine. But I also valued growth and learning, and I wanted to grow in these ways. And I actually was able to find a way to flexibly hold these values so that you know when I'm there with her, I might turn off my email or put my phone away and set some boundaries around the schoolwork that I was doing so that I could be present. Not perfectly, you know, never, but Mm. to do the best I could. And also when I got in the car and was driving to school and knowing I wasn't going to see her, be present for her that day, I was able to, to fall back on reminding myself my why. This is why I'm doing this. This is why this is important to me. And if I can remind myself of that, when guilt starts to creep in, I can turn to guilt and be like, hey, I know we value presence, but we also value this growth and this learning. And you know what? I think as a mom that what I'm doing here is also going to support my role as a mother because I'm connecting with this part of myself. I feel good about connecting with this part of myself. And I can show her, I can model this to her too, that you know what, girl, when you grow up, And if you decide to become a mom one day, it's okay to have other interests outside of motherhood. And Mm -hmm. that's the way I can model that to her. So values are these things that oftentimes feel, yes, so meaningful and important, but oftentimes do need to be prioritized. And we want to not get hooked by any rigid belief systems around them, right? Totally. When you explain how they need to be prioritized, I go right to like a value sort that I do in session with clients, right? Where we like take these cards of all of these, I don't know, hundred value words and we start to pare them down and pare them down and, you know, maybe categorize them out for family or individual. And then we kind of like rank them in order from one to 10. And I'm putting this out there that I will link a value sort exercise in the show notes. There's lots out there. There's one that I use from another resource and I'll link it and you can download it and do it yourself. The instructions are there. And it makes me think about this hierarchy of these, like I have these core values, like let's say there's 10 of them, you know, and in different seasons, you said like they've got to be fluid and flexible because the hierarchy ebbs and flows and changes, right? Like I might really value learning and knowledge, but then I'm in a pandemic right now with my family and I have to put the safety and security and presence of my family above. Like the order is always sort of being informed by the season of life that we're in. Mm -hmm. And it's something that's really important to think about because the first step is uncovering your values. Do this value sort, talk to your therapist, reflect on it, think about it. And then we have this compass. But what happens when the compass is pointing us in two different directions? Well, then we have to really tap into the season that we're in. Mm. And even though this might take priority for a moment, doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to reprioritize it. Like, for Mm. example, I did three maternity leaves, which I'm very fortunate in Canada to have. And I took almost three consecutive years out of my career as a very A-type, recovering perfectionist, sort of 
anal person, that was like really freaking hard to do, right? There was no advancement. There was not a lot of learning. There was like learning which sippy cup is better. There wasn't learning like, like, I don't know. I wasn't like immersed in school. I had just come out of seven years of doing university. Like it was a very different shift for me. And it almost felt like in that time, I valued that so much and I had lost it. Mm. And I think that this understanding that our values are fluid and understanding that the priority in our values shifts a bit season to season can be really helpful to hold in mind when we are in a season of life where we have a value that we hold that we cannot actively nurture. Mm. Yeah. Like, Like that is when you know, like discontent and in an extreme sort of like these depressive stock trapped feelings can emerge because we're not embodying a value that is so important to us. I can remember, Erica, just between you and me, a conversation, we were probably chatting on WhatsApp and you were checking in on me after I had my youngest, June. And I think I even shared something with you along the lines of feeling like it is hard to slow down. Like right before she was born, I launched my prepared postpartum e-course and had my podcast going. And there was so much. I launched my the Feeling Feelings card deck. Like there were so many things that happened. Yeah. And then I had a baby. And this is my third time. And so I have this perspective now that like these are seasons and I gosh, I wish I could bottle up that perspective because it was really hard with my first. But I think I remember saying something along the lines of like this, it is hard. Like I was going so full throttle forward and the slowing down is really hard for me. And I remember you saying just with so much compassion um, and also empathy of like, Cassidy, you have a baby and it's also a pandemic. Like I was not doing any of those things that I'm doing now when my little one, when my children were that little. Gosh, I hope that everyone is lucky enough to have a friend like that where you can reach out. And I felt comfortable enough to be vulnerable in sort of naming these things and that there was even some like comparison coming up. And for you to be able to hold space for that with empathy and compassion and name it these are things that I know, but when you're in it sometimes with that feeling of being disconnected or far away from something that you really identified with um, and something that is really important to you, when you feel that space between you and something that you value, it's really hard to sometimes name these things for yourself. And so, gosh, it was really supportive for you to say those things to me. And for those who are listening, you know, I think that Therapy is a beautiful place to kind of work through some of these things or identifying those natural supports in your life that you know. Like I knew Erica can can hold this mm. space for me. And like just knowing in your heart and your gut the people that can do that for you and just sort of being able to even name it as this. Like just saying like I think I really value X, Y, or Z and I feel like I'm just feeling really distant from that thing right now. You know, And I think this is also something that's really important to have conversations with our partners about. So I'm a marriage therapist, so I work with a lot of individuals, but I also work with couples. And one of the things that I'll oftentimes have couples do is actually do some values work together. So what I'll have them do is like, okay, between now and next time we see each other, like I want you to go check out some of these values lists, identify some that really resonate. There's different values exercises that I can have them do between sessions. And then don't share them with each other and then come in and let's talk about it. And a lot of times couples will find, wow, like there are some that we really align with. And then there's just ones that are like almost like not included in each other's lists at all. And or even if they are, they define them differently. And why I think this can be such beautiful work for couples and individuals is the insight that is built and the compassion that can be sort of experienced <laughs> once this insight is built. And also gives you language and words to communicate to each other why something is so important to you. So let's just use like a everyday example. Like let's say you're getting out of the house to go do something with the family. And one of you is like, you know, trying to like make sure that everything is put together and like everything's in the diaper bag and you know, 
thinking through all these things. And the other is like, can we just go now? <laughs> you know, like, can we just get out of the house? And this could be maybe lead to an argument. And what might be happening there is maybe one of you really values freedom and flexibility and the other really values those things too, maybe in different ways, but really feels like they can experience freedom and be more present with the whole experience if they feel like everything's organized and they're prepared, like preparedness could be a value. And I think that if if the couple understands that what's actually happening underneath the like, you know, side comments or frustration or like dismissiveness or whatever feels like is being experienced, that underneath that is actually something that their partner really values. It doesn't necessarily mean that like the experience is going to be totally different. One might still want to be more prepared than the other, but there can be an understanding and maybe Mm -hmm. even respect or compassion that, you know, maybe my partner right now is like kind of sighing because there is this part of him that misses being able to just pick up and go and have that freedom and flexibility. And, you know, maybe I can relate to that, you know, and or for the other partner, if they see their partner putting things together and kind of stressing about this stuff, if they're able to identify or the other is able to communicate, like this is something I really value. This is going to help me get out the house and feel more present. There's a softening that can happen is I guess what I want to say there between two people. Hmm. You might not totally have the same values or define them the same way, but there can be a softening and understanding, especially if you both feel like the other is taking the time and effort to understand why this thing is important to you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'm like, is this an attack on my marriage right now? Like, have you been in my house or no, I'm just kidding. And it's actually totally my husband's like, okay, do we have the waters? Do we have their snacks? Did we put extra stuff in the bag? Did we do this? I'm like, can we leave the house now? Can we just walk out the door? You're yeah. not going back in the house. Yeah. But We are very different people that value some of the same things and some things very differently, Mm -hmm. but we have worked really hard at understanding what is important to one another. Mm -hmm. One of the things that motherhood has really taught me about myself, and I also learned I'm like mildly ADHD in my adulthood, is I really don't like being bored. I really mm. don't like when things feel the same and there's no change and things aren't happening. You value novelty. I don't know if that word resonates, but that yeah. word is something that like I was kind of trying to understand one of my kids recently because like they just seem to get like yeah, bored and like they always want to change things up. And I reframed it for myself as like, I really think that they value novelty, you know? And I yeah. sometimes and my husband, like, I think that we feel more secure when things feel kind of more like the same, like there's routine. Like more certain or routine, mm-hmm. where if I look ahead and all I see is routine, I'm like, <laughs> I can't do it. You know, and it's funny because Sarah, my business manager, like if things aren't happening, she knows I'm going to get restless. Like we have to have like a project in the works or something because it's just like I value the challenge, the newness sort of like the consuming energy that comes with having a new challenge, all of that. It makes so much sense, Erica, just knowing you as my friend and like knowing all the things that you do put out there, right? And gosh, even just like for our friendship, me thinking about my values and how they might be differently prioritized than you, right? Like I think that, you know, you're- We can fall into comparison so easily, can't we? Totally. Yeah. And like, we're not married, but like <laughs> we're friends and yeah. even me just knowing that about you. And gosh, like, could you imagine if we had these kind of deeper conversations with the people in our lives, whether it's our friends or our partners or our parents, it would be so meaningful. I think we would gain so much insight and I think it would really help us navigate sticky spots in relationships if we did this work. Well, and if Like for somebody who might value more like routine and some certainty and knowing what to expect, 
having change, constant change, or having a new project on the go all the time might actually be their worst nightmare. Like that might not be something that feels fun and enjoyable, right? But like, that's where I thrive. That's where I want to live in that space, you know, within reason. I'm needing to find what my (laughs) boundaries are and how I can sustain that, right? Yes, totally. And so it's such an important conversation when we're talking in motherhood and new motherhood. We have my maid of honor best friend who is a stay-at-home mom to her three girls and wants to home cook meals and bake and home make and all of that. And then I want to work and I'm building a business and like just very different landscapes of our motherhood journeys. Mm -hmm. And it is not a whose is better than the other. It's not a whose is more right. It's a difference in what we value as individuals and within our family unit. Mm-hmm. And it's it's okay. Yeah. You know? But oof, Erica, can it be hard to come to land into that place of like, I am okay. My values are worthy. Um, the choices mm. that I make are okay. Like, it's okay to be different, to have my values and to find them in the way that I do because the messages that we receive, the discourses, it's like the air we breathe in. It's everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes I look at the at discourse and messages. It's like you're a fish and you're in the ocean and it's like the water that you're swimming in. And like, you don't always see, like, as if, does a fish see the water that they're in, you know? Like, but it's right. everywhere, these messages yes. about what defines a good mother. And like, I imagine that both you and your friend whose day-to-day lives might look very different There is no shortage of messages out there that might make you feel, both of you feel like you're not good enough. You're not doing enough. You're you're not enough. And so it's so important for us to be able to slow down enough to identify when we've gotten hooked by one of these messages or discourses. One of the biggest red flags of that is going to be the word like should, when Mm -hmm. the word should pops up or things start to feel more like commandments or there's like rigidity around it. Whenever that pops up, I want to invite someone to slow down and to ask themselves, huh, what's the message here? And is this actually something that aligns with, if no one else was watching, would this be important to me? Mm. And doing that work, it takes mindfulness, right? Slowing down enough to be able to identify that we've gotten hooked by some of these things. But it's a really worthwhile muscle to flex, this mindfulness muscle of noticing and slowing down. Mealtime with kids can be stressful, but with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals, it can be a lot easier. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. No worrying about ingredients and nutrition, no prep, no mess, and no cooking while wrangling toddlers. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Factor can even be tailored to your schedule. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Take the stress out of meals with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash momwell50 and use code momwell50 to get 50% off your first box. Want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? We hear a lot about gut health, microbiomes, and other nutrition topics, but taking the time to research these is exhausting, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. The Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast makes it so much easier to get the information you need. With the help of world-leading scientists, the podcast gives you research-based information so you can make informed choices for yourself without pressure and guilt. People are loving Zoe Science and Nutrition. 
Listener Stephanie's Apple Review says the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast is a life-changing, science-based, myth-busting podcast. That's a must-listen for anyone who eats food and wants to understand how it affects their body. With the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast, you can join Stephanie and millions of others accessing quality information about their health. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. One of the most relentless mental loads is being the juggler of medical appointments. Researching doctors, reading reviews, making phone calls to book appointments, it's a lot of stress when you're already juggling so much invisible labor. That's what makes ZocDoc great for moms. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of highly rated in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. ZocDoc has doctors of all specialties, including therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists, with verified patient reviews so you can make sure they check all your boxes. You can find mental health providers who offer in-person appointments, virtual consults, or both, whatever works for you. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. Sometimes you can even book same-day appointments. Make juggling appointments easier with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MomWell and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash MomWell. ZocDoc.com slash MomWell. It brings to mind an experience that I had because with this road of motherhood that I've taken that maybe looks different from some others has come these moments or challenges that have been like I've come up against these walls of these messages I feel like one that distinctly stands out is I was a speaker at a like a mom fest or some sort of like motherhood retreat and there was like 1500 people said to be there live and I'm like in the green room waiting to go and do this like panel for this discussion. And I get a call from my son's school that he needs to be picked up. They think he's broken his arm. Oh my gosh. (gasps) And I'm like, talk about two values coming head to head in the same moment. You've got my son's safety and security and like emotional wellness and feeling safe and soothed and supported. And then you've got my professional self about to teach about motherhood and postpartum depression and this group of like live mothers there. And I'm just like frozen. And so my husband was home and this was in COVID. It was virtual. And I was just kind of like, okay, how can I find some flexibility in this? Is this really an emergency? Like it took some real digesting of what the situation looked like. I spoke to my son on the phone. He was not in hysterics, which I think helped to like soothe the situation a little bit. Yeah. My husband was available to take him. I could do this segment that I had committed to, and then I could like join them thereafter. Yeah. Right. But when mm-hmm. you talk about, I should be the one to pick him up from school, yeah. he's got to go for an x ray. They think he's broken his arm. What kind of mother doesn't drop what they're doing and run and get their child? You know, Mm. and I had to so tangibly and forcefully override that knowing his father is caring and loving. He's perfectly capable. He is present. He is here. He's happy to do it. They had a snack while they waited for the expert. Like they were more than capable and he was more than cared for. Yeah. You know, I had to really override that programming Mm. in my brain that told me that I had to be the one. I really appreciate this word of like reprogramming or rewiring because I really think that this is the work in these moments. And I think it's so powerful because what I think comes so automatically is some of these other ways of responding, right? Whether it's, I mean, and this goes for like anything, like anytime that there's, we're triggered, like reactivity, you know, like is we're taking the most familiar path. Our brain in moments of like stress or trigger, our brain's going to take the path that feels most familiar. So if what's most familiar is to feel guilty, to be ragey, (laughs) to be defensive, to put ourselves down, if that's what is most familiar, 
then that's the path that our brain's going to take when we feel stressed or triggered. But our brain is so cool and we are totally able to rewire things because of neuroplasticity in our brain. And so if in that moment we are able to pause, BOLD is a mnemonic that you've talked about and I've talked about. I originally pulled it from actually an anxiety workbook, I think for teens that I found years ago. But if we're able to be, breathe, oh, observe, like what are the different messages? Like what's the data that my emotions are giving me right now? Like what is happening and what are some of the thoughts that I'm having, automatic thoughts and feelings I'm having? And observe it from like a, a point of having some space. There's you, then there's the things that you're feeling, the things that you're thinking. And then L, listen to our values as the compass of how we're going to respond based on what we're going to choose to prioritize in that moment and how we are choosing to define it based on what matters most to us. And then D, decide on action. If we are able to do that in, say, a moment such as yours, right, where you are feeling really triggered and stressed or a moment when our partner is triggering us or our child or whatever the situation is, it's going to feel awkward at first because this isn't what, how we're used to doing things. It might feel a little mechanical at first, like, okay, now I'm breathing. Now I'm like trying to observe it in a different way and be mindful of it and trying to think of my values. Like I don't usually take them this much time in these moments, you know, mm-hmm. but if I do this and yes, it might be awkward at first or not feel natural, but that's because it's not the familiar path. But the more and more that we flex these sort of mindfulness muscles of slowing down, tuning into our values using those as the compass of how we're going to respond in these moments with these decisions, we are literally rewiring our brain. And over time, that becomes the more familiar path and it becomes more natural to respond in these ways. And this is how change happens. And I think values, aligning with values as we're making change in our lives is going to allow us to know that on the other side of all of this, our life is going to feel like it's in alignment with the things that matter most to us. You know, when it comes to therapy, yes, reducing symptoms is always a great bonus. But if at the end of therapy, my clients feel like their life feels like it's connected to the things that matter to them most and has meaning connected to their values, then we've met our goals. You know, I think it's important, like goals are different than values. Values can inform goals. I sort of see values as like heading north. Like this is the direction I want to start heading as Mm -hmm. a mother, as a parent, as a human. Goals are like the benchmarks, right? Hopefully informed by values as we're heading in that direction. But if at the end of the day, I can look back on my life and say, these were the things that were important to me. And it was reflected in the decisions that I made in my relationships then that's foundationally what matters most to me as a human being. And I think to all of us, you know? So yeah, bringing it back down to basics of exploring our values is going to have meaning for our relationships, for these moments, and for our life as a whole, I believe. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, when I think about what the value was, like the safety and security of my son, obviously trumping everything, But then questioning, does that have to be me or can that be his dad? Mm. And I think that intensive mothering, this perfectionist mothering tells us it has to be us. Mm. Like, you know, it's the mother's job. And so being able to identify the value and say like, this need can be met and it doesn't have to be by me. Like allowed me to meet the commitment that I had signed up for yeah, and then still go reassure and still be there and still show and, yeah. and back up that value after the fact. So yeah. yeah, being able to observe and think about it curiously. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, curiosity is I think such a key word when it comes to this work of defining your values and understanding them, but also like in these harder moments, right? If all of a sudden, like my child asks me a question and I feel like that raginess coming in my chest, into my throat, into my extremities, and I'm like about to yell, and sometimes I still do because I'm human. But if I'm Mm -hmm. able to be like, I'm curious, what's happening right now? Hmm, curious, what is happening right now that is making me feel so triggered? 
And what is a value in this moment, parenting moment that I want to be able to embrace? And again, like all this feels like, doesn't that take a lot of time? Like, how are you actually doing this in these moments? Again, feels awkward at first. Clunky at first. Yeah. Yeah. Super clunky, right? Yeah. And like lots of times where it's after the fact, the rage boils over. And then later when I'm not feeling so overstimulated, I can reflect on what was happening in that moment, right? And what is a value? There was a lot of pain. What's a value that wasn't being experienced there? How, what's a value that can inform how I want to respond next time? And what might that look like in one of those actual moments, you know, so I can reflect on that after the fact and, you know, go and repair because if I value maybe connection and I feel like part of the pain in that moment was that I was feeling disconnected from my kiddo because of how I was reacting to them, how I can come back to that is to go and repair and say, Hey buddy, like mom yelled there, that might've been a little scary and I'm sorry. And I'm going to keep working on being able to, in those moments, take my deep breath um, and hear what you're saying. And now I'd like to really understand what it is that you needed in that moment, you know, or what were you trying to say? What were you trying to ask? Whatever it might look like, you know, depending on the situation, but it all has to do with values. There was something in that Mm -hmm. moment that I really valued that like wasn't happening and I felt triggered. But there's also values that can inform how I wanted to respond differently in that moment or after the fact. So it all comes back Mm -hmm. to values, really. Well, and one of the things that I love to do with the kids is if I don't have like a quiet moment with which three boys running ninja camp around here 24-7, it's like rare that it's ever (laughs) quiet. I'm like, I can't hear myself think. And that's like a real thing in my Mm -hmm. house, you know. Mm -hmm. And so like I actually note it out loud. So there's like all three boys asking for something or a question or a snack or something at the same time. And I'll be like, whoa, there are three questions. Mommy's brain feels really full right now. Mm. And like I narrate my experience Mm -hmm. outside of my body for them as well Mm -hmm. so that it's not work that just has to be done. Like, oh, let me get my journal and pen and have a quiet moment (laughs) journaling. It's like, I write, like I don't have time for that. It's like, whoa, this feels like a lot right now for mommy. I wonder why right? Like three of you at the same time asking mommy for something. Can we like, can we take a turn or can we see that mommy's busy at the moment? Or like in that moment, you just being like, there's a lot in mommy's brain right now. Mommy needs to take a deep breath. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) And like, what a beautiful gift to your children that like you are narrating this sort of work that you're doing in these moments because that's modeling to them. Something that they can ask for themselves now and like they can start to learn about now, but also like, oh my gosh, what a gift to like their future self, right? That in these moments that they're like, I actually remember my mom <laughs> like saying, this is too much and yeah. taking a moment for herself. And when I'm with my partner in the future and I feel like my partner's asking me a million questions and I'm still trying to process the first question that I could actually say, wait, wait, hold on. I'm not hearing you right now. And like, take a deep breath for themselves. Like what a gift to your child and their future partner, you know, that, Mm. that they're, that you're modeling this to them. I think it's like just really practical ways for us to apply these things. Cause I know that sometimes when we're talking about doing this type of work, it feels really like out of grip or, you know, out of reach in the throes of motherhood. And as mothers of three ourselves, like we really do get that, you know? And so trying to find ways to co-regulate with our kids, trying to find ways to buy a moment to breathe so I can make a values-based decision. Like these are things that I, I try to even model out loud or do with my kids because we can't always find the free space. And that's part of mothering littles in the stage that we're in. And especially in this season with the pandemic and everyone's home and oh my god, Exactly. Gosh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One question actually did pop up in my mind and I, I made this connection just now as you were speaking that I hadn't really thought of before. So I'm curious your thoughts on the relationship between values and needs because mm. you were describing in the situation, you know, that I'm starting to feel this way because I have a value that's not being met. And I probably would have worded that as, well, you have a need in that moment that is unmet. So I'm curious what you think the relationship is there. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that values and needs can be interchangeable. And I think that they inform each other, you Uh know? Yeah. 
Like I'm trying to think like, does one inform the other? And like, that's how it goes. But I think it's more of like a, a more fluid relationship, you know, because I just try to think about my need for routine in certain times and places. But, and it's interesting because we were talking earlier about like novelty. I do value novelty and I need novelty in my life, but how it's defined and how it's prioritized can vary. And I think that values can help me gain clarity on those things. I think that they have an interchangeable relationship, you know? I feel like the need might really help us get more like tangible in what it is. I think so, yeah. And the value is really helping us understand why it's meaningful and important. And so let's say I need a break (laughs) and I take a break, you know, and maybe guilt creeps in, but you know, guilt is very connected to like values sometimes. Like I'm not in alignment with my value, but I might be able to come back to my guilt and be like, okay, but the reason I needed this is because I value this. And in order for me to be in alignment with this, this needs to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of a way in which I can see them relating to each other. Right. I can see that. So they they inform each other. And I see needs as being the more tangible thing in the moment. We have like physical needs. There's different types of needs. This could probably be a whole other episode, I'm sure. But then there's like, okay, I really value creativity. So the need is to like have time to create, have some of the resources mm-hmm. to create. Like the, like practically then, how does that get worked into my life, I guess, is probably like the value applied sort of, it sounds like. Yes. Mm, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really that's a really really great way of looking at it. And I think one that just makes it again more tangible because yeah, I think it's easier for me to say, well, these are some of the things that I feel like I need. But if we can bring it deeper, and I think that it allows us to communicate to those around us why this need is important to us if we're able to connect it to values and maybe use some of the values as part of what we're wording to folks around us, you know, Mm -hmm. to help kind of bring understanding both for ourselves of why this is important. If we ever feel like, oh, bad about the need, we can fall back on, but no, I value this. And this is kind of why this is something that I need, but also to communicate to say our partner or other people in our life, coworkers, you know, these sort of things. Mm Mm-hmm. As we think about wrapping up, the person who is listening right now and is like, you know, I've never really given much intentional thought to really carving out or writing down my values individually and or as a parent, what might be the first place for them to start? Like what's the first small tangible step for them? Yeah, there's definitely some of the like exercises you can do that I mentioned earlier around like using different memories and emotions as an ally in the discovery of your values. Sometimes it's really hard to name values for ourselves. So we might ask others, like, what do you, like just knowing me, like what do you observe as some things that might be, you might say are my values. And you can take those examples and run with them and define it even more intimately for yourself. Or you might say, actually, no, but I think what it's interesting that you observe this about me because this is this is actually what I think is the value that informs this whatever it is. So asking others, looking at different memories around, that were really joyful, um, pain can be an ally in the discovery of our values as I discussed earlier. But honestly, I think that like for myself, first step was to like look at a list. I'm like, wait, can I just like, yes, I want to come up with my own values. And I know it's very personal and I don't want to like define it based off anyone else's and the shoulds, blah, blah, blah. But just literally looking at a list of values of examples can just really, I think, get our mind kind of going and going through that list and just from instinct and intuition, marking the ones that really seem to resonate. I do think it's really nice when you can move these things around, whether it's like my colleague, Jamie Brooks from The Well-Lived Woman has a values deck that she sells or downloading something online that you can cut and like move things around to see how things begin to group with each other, thinking about different, you know, categories of life. So these are the things that are connected to my work, to my family life, to my role as a parent, to the parts of my life that feel more like pleasure and fun or creative, really just honing in on different 
categories, but also just looking at a list and like marking them off and beginning to understand which ones really stand out to you, I think can Mm -hmm. be a great place to start. Yeah, that's sort of the route actually that the motherhood roadmap that I have goes. It has a list that it starts you off with, and then it asks you about you know, how some of these got there. Like, are these values held by your mom or your dad? And has you reflect and really carve out when you really reflect and are true to yourself, what values are truly yours. And so it's a bit of a guided reflection. It has a page, like a page a day to do like five minutes. That's not like open-ended staring at your journal, like pressure, don't know where to start kind of thing. So that's also a really great start or we'll also tag one of those values so it's sort of decks that you can move around and yeah. and cut up. And there's lots of those that are like free online that we can link because it's fun. I like, I like to do the value sort check-in every so often with my partner because like our values evolve over time sometimes and having these conversations are really great convo starters too, to really like enrich our conversation with our partners. So absolutely. And I just think that as we've been saying here throughout this conversation, that this is relevant for so many different areas of our life. Even when it came to, for instance, my third birth, you know, my first birth was really hard and there was it was traumatizing in some ways and took me a lot of time to heal. But then with my second birth and my third birth, I got a lot more clarity at like instead of just having like a birth plan, like having in mind what my values were around birth. Mm. And like that really helped me make decisions when different things came up. Cause it wasn't like here's my rigid here's my plan. And yes. now things are going off plan. And like now what do I do? But there was a more flexible sort of roadmap based off my values, maybe being like safety and connection. And in order for me to experience safety and connection, how might those values inform this decision that's being placed in front of me from my provider? So there's just like so many different ways in which values can show up. So I'm just really glad that you invited me on and that we're having this conversation and sharing this with others. I think that this has been so helpful. I feel like every post I have or when we're talking perfectionism in motherhood or the shoulds and pressures we place on ourselves, so much of it comes back to Like if we tap into our values and use those as our compass and guide, like you said, like our true north, then it makes tuning out the noise or pushing the noise aside a lot easier. So thank you. Thank you for being the person to come and share in this really special conversation with me. Where are you hanging out online? What are you up to? Where can people find you? Yeah. So on Instagram at Dr. Cassidy where I talk a lot about parenthood and postpartum. And I also have an account for therapists because a big part of my business is also supporting therapists in navigating, building their own business and their own modern private practices. And so that's my account at Holding Space for Therapists. I have my podcast, Holding Space, where I have conversations a lot like this one. You've been on the podcast. Mm -hmm. That's my parenthood podcast. And then I also have a podcast called Holding Space for Therapists. And then I have e-courses. I have prepared postpartum that I developed with an OBGYN where it's built for you and your partner to prepare for all the things postpartum that the birth classes aren't covering everything from your relationships to identity to navigating the emotions of feeding baby and sleep deprivation, both from the perspective of me as a therapist and her as an OBGYN. And then I also have courses for therapists, for instance, the crafted practice and podcasting for therapists and basically finding ways to support therapists and providers and being able to spread their knowledge and their expertise in a bigger way, reaching a broader audience and building a business that really aligns with their values. Um, And all of these things are always rooted in values work. So Mm -hmm. if you enjoy this conversation and any of those resources are relevant for you, my guess is that you might resonate with them too. And we'll make sure to link all of those things in our blog post slash show notes in the description to click through. And you've got lots of amazing highlights on your Instagram page that go through so many different topics as well. Just such a great hub and resource. So make sure to go follow Dr. Cassidy, check out her resources. Thank you again for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you, Erica, for having me. I can't even begin to tell you how happy and honored I am that you choose to spend your time here with me each week. 
If you're looking for the resources and things that were discussed in today's show, you can find them in the show notes, which is linked in the episode description. Or you can head directly to happyasamother.co slash podcast and find all of the show notes there. If you're looking for support and connection with other moms, you can head over to facebook.com slash groups slash happy as a mother and join our Facebook community. This community is filled with women just like you and I who want to support and uplift one another through our postpartum journey. And until next episode, mama, I want you to know, keep showing up. You're doing a great job. Settling is not an option for Everything me. I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? <laughs> because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome to For the Girls podcast, hosted by Victoria Alario, For the Girls Who Want More. Listening to For the Girls will have you ready to raise the bar, stop settling for the bare minimum, and start believing you can have it all and step into the 2.0 version of you. You can catch a new episode of For the Girls every Monday across all podcast platforms. Until next time, girls.